Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Absolutely sensational job every week. Blessing our lives. We love you guys. You are awesome. Hey, I really don't want to take too much time even introducing Dr. Matt this morning because he himself will be the introduction. But this guy uh, is, inspires me. I met Matt back in, I think it was 2005, possibly the beginning of 2006, right when uh, Pastor Jürgen Matesius, who we've had preach here before, who's coming in July, uh, started his church in San Diego, California. Uh, Dr. Matt is a, is a chiropractor, a doctor of chiropractic. He's well regarded all across America. Uh, he, he, he doesn't only do chiropractic, he speaks at most of the major chiropractic conventions around America. He coaches chiropractors. He was telling me yesterday about the fact that uh, he'll have someone uh, that he's coaching fly in to see his clinic, what he does, then he'll fly back to their clinic. He'll, he'll look at how they're doing things. Uh, he'll, he'll write up some critique and he'll, he'll just coach them through the process of growth and increase and, and just getting enlarged in, in a practice. But then what happened is Matt got saved, came into the kingdom, God touched his world and, and his priorities and his focus shifted from just helping the body to helping the soul. So he's all about building the kingdom. He's all about building lives. So he wants, I've been kicked in the pants for the last three days. Dude, why are you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? Dude, we got to be doing this. Are you advertising? Could your signs be any smaller? We need bigger signs. We need this. Everybody in Noosa needs to know. So, so I'm, I'm kind of, I'm reeling a little. I'm, I'm sitting a little gingerly, but I'm excited. I, I, feel, I, I feel 10 foot tall when I'm around Matt because uh, he just builds you up. You're going to be built up today. Your faith is going to be built up. I want you to listen to the words. He's, I want you to let it take root in your soul so that we can go to a bigger place of living because you know if, if the way of the righteous winds upwards that means it gets bigger it gets better it gets more blessed it gets more enlarged and, and that's what we're here for to, to be a presence in our town a presence in ours where we go and we heal hurts we meet needs we're a blessing everywhere we're found so uh, uh dr matt has his beautiful wife michaela here and mother-in-law karen uh these guys also not just chiropractic they they are part of jürgen's key team they're on the board at his church he started his church just on 10 nearly 11 years ago uh with no one it was his family just kind of like we came to noosa and they've now got over five thousand members four campuses they're buying more buildings uh but michaela and matt took over their north campus which had never busted through a thousand so i'm really praying for these guys because they're struggling and uh just kidding and uh so since they've taken it on in just in less than three months time it's through a thousand people that are attending on a weekend Michaela took over the kids ministry of all their campuses and I was speaking to Pastor Jürgen yesterday he said it's doubled in three months or how, how long ago did you take that over a year ago but in a year their kids ministry has doubled so church is booming whatever they do you know it's kind of touched of God and favored so you want to get what's on them on you this morning I want to introduce Dr. Matt Hubbard to come and preach this morning Let's stand at our feet. Let's welcome oh, Dr. On. Matt. Check, baby, check, baby. One, two. Call me the rump shaker. Oh, wait. That's a different seminar. You know, I'm, I'm uh, honored to be here. It, actually, I'm having deja vu. You know, our church started uh, first service. We had actually a hotel for the very first one. The second one, we have a gymnasium. The third one, we got kicked out, and we were in a parking lot. Double booked. Let me tell you how scary that is. I'm thinking to myself, oh, man. Oh, yeah, I wasn't on the team yet. I was wondering. Okay, thank you. Hello. You guys look more attractive with this mic. Yeah, so it was crazy because we were in a parking lot. I'm thinking, man, nobody's going to come back after a parking lot service. I was sweating my tail off. 
yet I came back the next week because there was something there. See, I can bring you a good principle, but God's going to bring you a promise. And, uh, you know, we didn't fly all the way over here just to hang out with friends. You know, I, I came over, I felt God was on my heart to bring a message that would shift, make a deposit that you guys would never be the same. Because if God did it for me, why wouldn't he do it for you? See, I was just this punk kid. And, you know, I got to honor your pastor. Because one, it's the right thing to do. And two, this couple was really a part of my life totally shifting to another gear. See, I was raised in a Christian home. My parents were amazing Christians, meaning uh, they prayed for dinner and me before they went to bed. Uh, but they believed in God and they were faithful. But it was amazing. I never saw power. I never saw real power. And I was just at this point where I was saying, God, if this is legit, I got one foot in the world. Here I am in the business world. And I got one foot halfway going to church just in case my mom called. And I was telling the discipleship team, you know, the D team the other night. That, um, man, I was just going to church just in case my mom called. You know, she was a travel agent for guilt trips. And, and uh, that's a joke, people. We're going to have fun in church today. I'm going to force it through you. You will be laughing, I promise. Either at me or with me. But we're going to have fun. But no joke, this pastor, your pastor, came through our church. And it was my cousin, a preacher kid. You know, largest church in California for the Presbyterian movement. And she had something going on, and she needed a radical healing. And it was pretty serious, and it was devastating the family. But your pastor came through our church early, early on. She was engaged to an atheist. And the long story short of it, he stopped preaching, said, I have a word for somebody, just like he did today with that jaw pain. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. It was so specific, not general. Not just a little thing thrown out there. It was spot on. She ran to the front, got prayed for, got slain in the spirit, folded like a deck chair. Her new fiance that was atheist, third degree black belt, came up second to me, second row. I was sitting right there. And he goes, what the heck did that guy just do? I'm going to whoop him. <laughs> and you know what? I didn't have an answer because I didn't know what just happened. Because I was a Christian that was just raised in just a warm, fuzzy environment. But I never saw power wasn't until I was holding on to his hand just so he wouldn't go up and try taking down the man of God in the pulpit that she started crying, jumped up, almost screaming, saying it's gone, it's gone, the pain, the tumor, it's gone. Bawling. This atheist brother-in-law of mine didn't know what to do, just ran up to the front, no church etiquette, just said, I don't know God, but I, I said, God, if you heal, I'll believe in you, get saved right there on the spot. Moved right into an altar call, but that, that's what... My first encounter with your pastor was all about. Since then, I said, I want what he's got because I've never been around that. See, Pastor Jurgen was bringing through some incredible speakers. And one of his best mates was this guy right here. That helped change from that moment on our church shifted to the next level. I remember a catalyzing moment. See, sometimes we come to church and it's like a jacuzzi experience. Feels good in the moment. But when you get out of the jacuzzi, what's it? You know, you go right back to it. This has to be something that transforms your spirit. That's what happened that day when your pastor came all the way to our country, to my city, to my church in a gymnasium, and my cousin that got healed. The title of my message is The Ripple Effect because 
this man created a ripple at C3 that's still going today. Something shifted in my spirit because my, you know, I walked in with a certain BS meter. You got, why are you guys looking at me? Culture thing? Belief system, people. What were you thinking? Yeah, I had a belief system. I don't know where you guys were going, but I had a certain belief system about church. I had a certain belief system about who God was. And then it got, my paradigm got rattled when C3 came to San Diego. See, then I started realizing maybe I'm a C2 Christian. And then I got the Holy Spirit and C3 completed me. My mom's like, what's a C2? I think, mom, that was a castrated Christian. Is that too much? Too much? Sorry. I'm not sure where the barrier goes. I know there's certain things I can't say. When he came, he was talking about a potted plant. I'm like, oh my gosh, you cannot say that here. But I'll tell you what, it's, um, it's been incredible to now that we have three campuses, people's lives altered every, you're, you're a part of something, you have no idea what just four or five years down the road, this place, it's nothing. Buying church buildings in Noosa, being a staple where everyone that comes for a holiday is getting their bell rung, because when people start hearing about what God is doing in this house, they're going to come to find out. What are they doing this morning? We went, invited our server, had a coffee, invited our barista. Because I know what's in store for them. Three empty seats. My goal was to make sure there was no empty seats. But you're here for a purpose. God unlocks it and the next level happens. I'm telling you, don't be bashful when it comes to the kingdom work. I never thought I'd be more passionate about my field. You know, and I, some say I sell the best crack in town, but you know what, where's the limit in that? I'm a chiropractor, that's another joke. I don't really sell crack, it's an adjustment. I offend chiropractors all the time when I say that. But Pastor Jurgen started it, because from the pulpit, he says it almost every Sunday. But I'm telling you, I never thought I'd be more passionate about my career. It actually, my career saved my brother's life. But it really didn't save his soul. But I didn't have to worry about my brother because he was already saved. See, when I really got the big picture and I saw, I saw what God was doing in people's lives, I realized there was a bigger purpose. And when I realized my purpose is bigger than my problems, I saw that everything in my life started to line up supernatural. It's unexplainable. So today I want to, you know, I came from just a church culture where it was a little bit of shame, maybe guilt. Um, and I want to set you free. If that's, if that's, because what happens is we start losing our dreams and our vision because of stuff we've been through. And what the devil tries to do is trip us up so we don't get back onto the calling that we're called to. See, I thought, hey, listen, I have a coaching company. I love chiropractic. I'm good. I don't need church at that level. So I'll go. Next thing you know, I'm going once in the morning and then I'm going back in the night. I'm like, what am I doing? Next thing you know, I'm serving on a team. What's happening to me? I didn't want to, you know, I was raised Christianese. How are you? Everything's fine. You know, but I was falling apart on the inside. And then the amazing thing happened, God got a hold of my spirit. I didn't see people come anymore with, with wellness questions. They were soul questions. And if I could pray for people, invite them to church, I realized, man, I'm not very good at the sinner's prayer. 
You know, I didn't want to, I, I didn't know, you know, how do I lead people through? I was that guy. But you know what I was good at? You got to come to church. Man, why is that guy so pumped all the time? Because I found a church that's on fire for God, and I'm watching God, who's fresh, real, and powerful. And he's going to move, touch, and inspire you. And I would invite him. They'd come along. I'd see him get radically healed, radically transformed, set free. I'm going to say, man, this, there's no greater high than the most high. But people don't know that. And so today my message is I want to give you the perspective of pretty much what 30 years I lived as a Christian. And then I'm on the other side of 12 years now as a C3 Christian. And, and there is a difference. That once I attended church, now I realize that's kind of like going to a hotel. You know, when you go to a hotel, everyone else cleans up for you. But when you own the house, you're cleaning up for yourself. I became a part of something that I had ownership in. And then God was able to move because I was under this covering. And now, if you look anywhere on Instagram, anywhere I'm quoting, it's hashtag FOG. I have a Lion Chasers Mastermind group. It's all kingdom builders with a mindset. And all we do is get together and we hashtag FOG all the time. It's favor of God. I didn't under, even understand what FOG was. I didn't even know there, was, there could be a favor of God in your life. But no, no, there is. And the more you hashtag it, the more you see it. What you focus on expands. And in quantum physics and biology, they all know that. I can go to the best personal development. I've spent probably 150 Gs on personal development. You know what? They're just ripping the word off. So I'm just going to save you a lot of money today, okay? Just start FOG in your life. And what does that look like? It's just get plugged in. Put your roots down. Meet other epic people. If you told me my wife and I would still be in San Diego five years ago, six years ago, I'd say you're crazy. We pay a sunshine tax like you wouldn't believe. But I'm telling you, the only reason I still live in San Diego, the only reason is because of C3. Isn't that crazy? I would have never told you that years ago. I'd be like, no, I go to church. No, no, no. I'm not going anywhere because we are transforming lives and building the kingdom. So when you start to see the bigger picture, the devil wants you to play small to stay small. Feel sorry for yourself, kick you when you're down. But the minute you get the aha moment that the devil's just messing with you, you're going to shift a gear that you didn't realize you, that you have. I always say I'm going to reach up to touch the bottom of what God has for me. And God doesn't have a ceiling for any of you. You cannot think bigger than God. That's what's crazy about this. I should probably preach out of my message. I don't know who needed to even hear that. But How many of you want to catch something today? Real, okay. I didn't get the response I was looking for. Who wants $20 American? Who wants it? Who wants it? Good job. I'll adjust you later. Don't worry about it. Sweetie, you were beautiful. You were the first responder in this whole house, just to let you know, but she had the longest distance to go, and she almost whooped you. That was amazing. Let me tell you, a lot of you wanted that 20 bucks, but you didn't want it bad enough to get over yourself to run up here and get it. See, some of you want a miracle, but you don't want it that bad. Some of you want breakthrough, but you don't want it that bad. Some of you want financial resources, you don't want it that bad. Some of you need a, a miracle, you need a healing, you need something to shift in your marriage, you need something to shift in your parenting, but you don't want it that bad, because you'll raise your hand, God, I want it, I want it. But see, David told his son Solomon, be strong and courageous, and the next line was, do the work. 
See, a lot of people want to be strong and courageous. They're not willing for the second line. I know setting up church, we did it for six years. It's not easy. But that's the FOG in your life, and there will be breakthrough. God sees what you're sowing into. I'm telling you now, we don't have to set up now. We just show up, but we set up for years sowing into that. So I want to tell you that don't be okay with sitting in your seat. So I'm like, oh, I don't, I, I'm just nervous what people will think about me. See, in a few minutes here, when I open up this altar, I was the guy that wouldn't get out of my seat, but the altar was where God can alter your life. And I realized when I saw my own pastor go to the altar when a guest preacher was in town, I was like, oh, man, why is my pastor going up there? Because I was raised in a culture that my pastor had it all together. Now I'm at C3, I'm watching my pastor go up, man, get prayed for. And something shifted in my heart, and I went up to him, and I said, what was that about? And he goes, oh, I always got stuff. Pastor Christian was saying, hey, raise your hand if you need something, if you need a miracle, if you need it. If you don't raise your hand, we all need something. If we're doing the work, we can always grow and get bigger. All growth happens outside the comfort zone. Every hand up in the air. We should just be linking arms, praying for each other. That's what I realized the difference was. I had to get over my pride, over my ego, run to the altar, and go get that miracle that I claimed on. Here I am in chiropractic, changing the world. But what does it mean at the end of the day? I helped a buddy make a million dollars? What is it good for? He doesn't need to keep the million. What if I help him make five million? He can give away four more and keep the million. There's always more in the kingdom. And the more that we just run after it, chase after it, but the devil's sneaky, plants a seed of doubt, fear. And I promise I'm going to get to my word. Let's put up Romans 8.28. Come on. I'm just going to cheer myself on this morning. That's not, that's good. It's all right. My wife will cheer for me. So in Romans 8, 28, because I want to start this, my message, I want to pre-frame it with this. Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things God works together for good for those that love him, who have been called according to his purpose. I want you to keep remembering that, and you can keep flashing that thing back up there. And we know that in all things, all things, not some things, not a few things, in all things... I didn't know that growing up. I was a mess on legs. But God will send you. He'll hear you cry and he'll send you somebody. He sent me a pastor that rattled me in a big way. So really, I want to come back to you and show you something that I never saw before. Because how many know the story of Samson? Okay. So I grew up knowing the story of Samson. He, uh, you know, he had lust issues, chasing after the wrong things. Then he had anger issues. And he was beating people up, whooping their tail, ripping gates out. All I ever knew is like, God, why would you put poor Samson in the Bible? What a train wreck. It makes me feel guilty because I'm kind of like the fat, skinnier version of Samson that can't lift anything. <laughs> it's like pretty much on the same parallel, just uh, I don't have that gifting. And God said, no, I put Samson in the Bible because he's a hero. I don't know what book you're reading. Uh, my buddy came over, and he told me that, too. He had this revelation right after I was reading that. And he goes, oh, yeah, Samson was a hero. So I said, all right, I, I got to go read my Bible because obviously I got issues because uh, I never read that. But I want to tell you in, um, in the birth of Samson in Judges 13, he was prophesied by an angel of the Lord over to, over to his mother. 
He will take the lead in delivering Israel from the land of the Philistines. Okay, that's good. He's got a prophetic word. He's going to set people free. The rest of it goes on to show in, in 14 when, I just want to give you a reference here, and then Samson's marriage. You know, he went after a girl he shouldn't have been going after. He was a Nazarite. He had supernatural strength. He didn't know it yet. So I just want to read this context right here. Do we got? Oh, look, I love this. That's way bigger than my Bible. Let me just not strain my face. Now Samson went down to Timnah, and he saw a woman in Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines. All right, there's trouble. So pretty much today, he went down downtown, Nusa, to a bar, and he saw a looker. And he went home, and he told his parents, Mom, I met a girl down at that bar. She's going to marry me. And the parents are like, it's not good to go to that place where they don't have clothes on. And let's see. So he went up and told his father and mother, saying, I have seen a woman in Timnah of the daughters of the, daughters of the Philistines, and now, therefore, get her for me as a wife. I mean, that is pretty impressive. Back then, I guess you just told your parents, that's the one I want, go get her. That would have made this a whole lot easier. I think my mother-in-law actually did that for me. Said, no, you're going to call that guy. So thank you, Karen. Glad you're here. Give you props. It was great. So then moving on, then his father and mother said to him, is there no woman among the daughters in your church of all these people that you must go and get a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines? Oh, my gosh. And Samson said to his father, get her for me, for she pleases me well. One, let's not talk to your parents like that. Number two is, who has the guts to say that? But then, here's what's crazy. His parents fold like a deck chair, don't stick to their core values, and they follow Samson down to go get the wife. So, this is where this gets good, because I want you to understand this. There's really only two points to my message, just to help you out. Um, you're a hero, and just point number two, remind the devil. That's it. All this other stuff is the context, go read your word. Just two points are, you are a hero, you're born to do great things. Number two, remind the devil. It's actually not more, unlike the Forrest Gump of preachers, i got to break it down as easy as possible. I mean, that tithe message was awesome. I was just thinking, if I had a Forrest Gump, i said, give, it's a good thing. You'll be blessed. Highly favored. You'll expand, take buildings. Everyone knew so will get saved. This place will get on fire. Sydney's going to feel sorry for itself that it only has Hillsong and C3, Oxford Falls. Step their game up, all because of some revival that happened in Noosa at a beach town. So, pretty much the parents got this prophecy, and then they see their kid going off the rails. They're giving into it. They're, now they don't know what to do. They don't want to upset them because, you know, this is a, their kid that had a prophecy from an angel of the Lord. So they just said, well, let's just, I, I don't know. They caved. They're going with their son on the way. And then what's amazing is he comes around a corner. Where were his parents? A lion approaches him, and he whoops the lion with nothing in his hands. Why is that important? Here's why. He never, he never utilized, didn't know that he had that power until he was faced by something that came in his path. See, that lion came, and how many know you'd get a little nervous on the inside? Some people call that fear. 
So I'm telling you, a lion had to come for Samson, Samson to find his power. If there was no lion, how's he going to find out what he's got on the inside of him? You know, he was doing everything wrong. This is the point that should rattle your brain here, because at least it rattled mine. I was doing stupid stuff as a 29-year-old, yet God still sent me a pastor. I was dating a crazy girl, first one ever, okay, and then God still sent me a pastor, and I had to get on my knees and for the first time go, what am I doing? But if God didn't have me have that interference, I wouldn't have known one I needed. It wasn't until I experienced some crazy that God revealed to me what I needed. And I realized I need to be the man that God called me to be to get the woman that God has for me. But see, Samson was doing everything wrong. He was on his way downtown. He was on his way to pick up the wrong girl at the wrong time. And it says the Lord came upon him. And he crushed the lion. See, there might be things in our life that we get a little, we might be doing something wrong, but fear comes over us, and then we back out of it. When are we going to step into and trust that the Lord will come upon us and walk us through the valley of the shadow of death? Through that intimidating spirit. See, God's put you in a house that wants to take ground. It's going to take some faithfulness. You think there's going to be a few lions and tigers and bears? that movie over here? I thought it was called The Wizard of Oz. I thought it came out of... You know, I had a fake ID. I was in, uh, yep, yep, grad school. I, no, sorry, I was at Westmont University. I had a fake ID, and I'll never forget it. I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. I walked out with some beer for some ladies across the street, and I got pulled over by a cop, and he said, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm just buying some beer. What's it look like I'm doing? And he goes, let me see your ID. I gave him my idea. And he goes, is this a real idea? Goes, of course it's a real idea. And he goes, okay, I'm going to call it in. Go for it. Call it in. Okay, I will. Good for you. He calls it in. He then looks at me and he says, I'm going to ask you one more time. Is this a real idea? I'm like, well, I've already told you. It's a real idea. Pretty much I don't know what school you graduated from or police academy, but... Uh, Maybe you ought to look up in your fake IDs because this one's real. He goes, listen, here's how it's going to go. One, I'm going to turn you around, put handcuffs off you, and march you right past those girls. Or two, you're going to tell me the truth, and I'm going to ask you one more time. Is this a fake ID? And I said, yes, sir, it is. <laughs> this is what happened next. Thank God for praying parents. He goes, smart move. I'm going to take this beer. I'm going to write you a ticket. You're going to do community service. I'm going to make you look okay in front of those ladies. I'm going to pour this beer out after you walk away. Don't ever do it again. I'm thinking to myself, who gets off the hook for that? I can't tell you how many times I got off the hook, but I'm telling you that Romans 8, 28, this might rattle some theology. That's too much grace. No, no, no. I was a jack wagon more than 20 times. I minimum, I could just tell stories for the next half an hour, and you'd think, that's not true. I need to call a reference. I have plenty of references as well. I was on a trip in Washington, D.C., eighth grade trip. They always send the junior hires to go study the, you know, the capital of the U.S. And here I am on this eighth grade trip. My window's open. There's the roof. Epic. I get out on the roof. I go to every other window, just the ladies' rooms, and knocking saying, come out on the roof. But they 
their windows wouldn't open due to a little set screw. So the next day, I said, hey, go get a screwdriver, borrow mine, undo them all, let's just have a party on the roof tonight. Well, when you're in eighth grade and you don't realize what sugar, caffeine, because you've never had it, can do to you, I was pretty much sick in bed throwing up all night while the rest of everyone else I taught this was on the roof partying and they all got busted. Well, how many knows you can't send an entire school back from eighth grade trip back home? But you can send one person. So, guess what happened? Yep, they tried sending me home, but they couldn't get an airline ticket to send me home. It's the first time that my teacher could not find any airline to fly me home because every flight from D.C. back to California, even anywhere close, was completely booked. They didn't know what to do with me. They needed a punishment. They sent me upstairs to the top floor where the offices were for this travel company. And I sat there like a punishment, not knowing the son of the company, who was at Emory University, felt bad for me, snuck me out, got me to every venue, everything. We became best friends. He was in my wedding. My brother got free trips his whole career. I got free trips around the world, blessed, everything. And I'm telling you, I was meant for this, but I got blessed with this. Because one, and I didn't understand at the time, but my praying parents always prayed for the favor and the hedge of protection around their son. See, God lined up all these blessings in my life that one day I could reflect back on that I use today to build his kingdom upon. And what happens is sometimes we start judging. We start judging ourselves. We start beating ourselves up. We start looking down on some of the mistakes from our past that we've done. And guess what? The devil doesn't need to mess with us anymore. Because all he did was plant a seed in the soil of our mind of condemnation, of guilt, of whatever it may be. And I realized, you know what? He doesn't have enough power, enough air power, if you will, enough demons to afflict every one of us. But you know what he's good at? Convincing us to believe in the lie that he planted in our soil. And then when, he doesn't have to whoop you anymore because you've been whooping yourself. And what's amazing is he's already moved on, and we're still talking about it. We talk about how big the mountain is, but not how big our God is. And when we start seeing the shift and start taking some power back and realize that God just didn't die on a cross to get us saved so we can go to heaven. If that was the case, let's just go right now. That's not the case. He called to plant a seed to show us the greatness, the vastness for our soul that we can reach out and disciple others to set them free. That's how revival breaks out. I was telling people, you know, why just go to church? I'm glad you got saved, but what's next? You're like, well, I'm retired. There's no, do you know nowhere in the Bible, in Hebrew, is the word retired? There, nowhere. Show it to me. There's also no word in Hebrew for leadership. You know why? Because we're all called to be leaders. We all got to lead somebody. You're like, well, I don't feel like I'm a leader. Guess what? If I'm one step in front of you, I can lead you. Just look for somebody one step in front of you. I'm not asking you to get up and start pastoring a church. If you thought that I would be taking over North Campus, you're crazy. But God doesn't show you that just in case you'd freak out. He just shows you one step at a time. And I was faithful. And, you know, I get a high watching my friends get set free, restored, on power. Now it's like I'm around 15 guys that all they want to do is build the house of God. Financially, spiritually, everything. My dad, two weeks ago, he flew down in town to help me look at some plans. He's an architect. He's retired. 
73 years old. Diabetes, all this kind of stuff. He comes down. I didn't want to tell him I was taking him to him a men's conference. So I said, Dad, let's just stop by this men's conference because, you know what, I need to just, you know, make an appearance. And no, 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 that wasn't the case. I was pretty much helping run this thing. I did not tell my dad. I said, Dad, let's just stop by. He flew in Wednesday. We hung out, had a great dinner. Thursday day, we drove up, showing him the campus. I'm like, yeah, Thursday night, Dad, it's kicking off tonight. Let's just stop by. If you like it, maybe we'll stay. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Sure enough, we went to the men's conference. Night one, session one, my dad, 73 years old, gets healed for the first time in his life. Okay, let me tell you, an amazing man of God, never witnessed power, had been beating himself up since he was 42 years old. He lost $12 million in a deal. His best friend hosed him. He went into depression. Then what happened was, didn't know, questioned himself, everything, my mom and him divorced because of it. She felt abandoned. He didn't know what to do. Okay? The devil came in, started whooping him around. Still loved God, still faithful, but guilty and, and just run down. Self-inflicted, all of it. And I never could talk to my dad about any of it. For the last 10 years, I couldn't talk to my dad about any of it. But you know what happened? He came. He said, sure, let's go. I said, yeah, Dad, let's just meet me there because I had to work in my office. I had a friend take him. He went heard the first session with Pastor Jurgen. Pastor Jurgen preached a message on King Speak. Be careful what comes out of your mouth. So he's like, huh. And then he went around the campfire. I showed up late. I said, Dad, what's up? And he goes, nothing, man. That was powerful. Let's stay the night. I happen to have an RV just rented there just in case. We stayed the night. The next morning, my dad's around the campfire, and he goes, I hear him telling somebody about a miracle. I'm like, I didn't know it was his miracle. He's telling someone about a miracle. Fast forward, we're walking through the camp. I'm introducing my dad to everybody. He keeps talking about this miracle. We're walking back. I'm like, Dad, what are you whose miracle are you talking about? And he goes, my miracle, son. See, I've had diabetes for eight years, and I can't sleep through the night. I get up every hour, hour and a half, and have to pee. He goes, I'm exhausted all day long. So after hearing that all I have to do is start asking, I have not because I ask not, that I decided to ask God because I always thought my problems were so small compared to everyone else's in the world that I felt guilty due to that BS belief system. So he said, you know what I did? I said, God, I'm asking for one night good sleep. 73 years old, he's been worked and slapped around since he was 42, not believing in himself anymore casualties, collateral damage all over the place. God heals him that night. He's so pumped. He's telling everybody at our men's conference, guess what? My dad's like, we're not leaving. God has more for me. And it gets me choked up. It's my dad. I've known him my whole life. He's mostly negative. Do you know what's so crazy? I can handle probably two days with him. Because he's just, rah, rah, rah. the world's coming to an end. You know, don't drive safe. Don't get a ticket. Don't get in a car accident. You can tell, bleh. I mean, you know some people that have puked on you? Anybody? Anybody? I say cancel most of the time. So someone's talking to me, and if the word cancel comes out, it's, don't take offense to it. It's just I'm just canceling that negative thing you just spoke over somebody's life. Because I'm not going to allow it to come in my circumstance. I didn't have to cancel my dad one time in three days. He's a different person. He was a walking around. He's still healed. He still goes, I can't believe it. 
He goes, I'm not even sure if I had faith for that healing, but God healed me. Because that's how good God is. And that wasn't even in my message. I should probably get to notes. I'm going to wrap this because I, I just want to pray for people. Because I, I didn't come over here to give you what you could already read in the word. You can go read that word. You know, if the devil can keep us in our blind spots, he wins. It's the minute where the light of the world comes. We're not supposed to be a light in our house. We're a light set up on a hill. And when we realize that we've just been, a veil gets released. And that's what happens in the house of God. You come in, there's a deposit, something supernatural. Sometimes for me it happens in worship. I'll get a word from the Lord. Sometimes it happens during a tithe message. I'll hear some truth, some revelation. I'm going to write a bigger check and shove it to the devil because I want to see souls won for the kingdom. You know, Samson didn't even go to lion slaying school. You know what I'm saying? He didn't get hire somebody to train him on how to slay lions. He just walked around and it says the Lord came upon him. You know, the one thing before we pray... If we just pray for the Lord to come upon us, to give us fresh revelation. James 1.5 says, pray for wisdom. You don't need a seminar, and I love seminars. You don't need a coach, and I love coaches. I am one. You need a word from the Lord. I never prayed before I came to C3. I couldn't even lead silent prayer. And I thought that was impossible. You think it's funny. I got called to come pray for it. it was, all I did was a 10C3. And my best friend, I worked out with three times a week. And it was amazing. I didn't memorize most services. I couldn't tell you what the pastor said for years. But I was able to almost regurgitate every word that Pastor Jurgen was preaching from that Sunday on Monday, Wednesday, Friday during our gym sessions. I kept inviting him. And he says, nah, man, we're going to this church. I'm like, yeah, it was something different. It wasn't until he was laid up in a hospital with kidney failure. And I saw his wife sending out the Christian emails. He called me from his bed saying, they want to take out my kidney. I want you to come pray for me. This is after this guy came through. I had a little faith on the inside of me. And I said, hey, just because I go to that church doesn't mean I know what the heck I'm doing. I folded right there. But I called Pastor Jurgen and I said, you did this to me. You need to come pray for my friend. And he goes, I'm at LAX on my way to fly out of here. But you know what? Here's another name, Mark Peterson. And he goes, he's over here. He knows how to pray. Call him. Long story short is, I called him, never met him. Shows up in my office. He says, I fasted all day. First of all, who fasts all day for somebody you don't know? Are you crazy? And he goes, and I got a word. What the heck is a word? Your friend's about to be healed. Who are you? We roll up in that hospital. I watched them walk in a room. The whole family, friends, they didn't even go to our church. And I watched that anybody that doesn't believe that this man can be healed needs to leave the room. No one left the room. Stretched out their hands. Bam. I felt the power of God for the first time in my life. I didn't know what it was because I started crying. I'm thinking to myself, I just had problems. And I looked and opened my eyes. And I see everybody in the room crying. And he says, tell them to do a blood test. You're healed in the name of Jesus. And his wife said, yeah, it's too late. They're doing a biopsy in the morning. And he looked at her and he says, if you want to see the miracle, then you get the blood test. You fight for this miracle. 
you run up and grab your 20 bucks. You go after the things that you want in your life. You go after where the devil has come and lied to you. And you know what he did? He said, I want a blood test. They came in, they did a blood test. Guess what the results were? Something's wrong with our blood machine. We're doing it again. Nope, something screwed up. We're doing it again. Four blood tests later, my friend got released from the hospital within 24 hours. Totally healed. My friend is Pastor John and Becky Hendricks that left where they were doing to come find the supernatural. And now they're leading our central campus. And if you want to see a guy that will get up and preach the word because he got healed, he doesn't doubt it, but he quit letting the devil lie to him. The guy was not going to heal him. He wasn't good enough. He'd done all these sins. He'd been slipping up, messing up, and stuffing up. But God healed him anyways. I, mean, I tell you that because you know what? He's at Presence Conference. Wife and him preach around the country. He's an anointed man of God. But it took some faith, even when I didn't even feel worthy, to still show up. And what God can use me, God can use every one of us. And I'm not going to let the devil lie to me anymore. I'm not going to let the devil come and convince any of you that you're retired, that you can't change the world, that you can't overcome a situation, that you can't get a God dream back. We did a little dream test the other night. It's two minutes. You write out as many dreams or visions. Time and money weren't an issue. If you wrote less than 10, that means the devil's got a lie in there because he's stealing some vision. See, it took Samson's eyes to get plucked out again before he could see again. And he walked into his promise and he delivered that prophetic word that his parents got when he was a baby before he was even born, that he would deliver Israel. But he had to get his eyes plucked out so he could then get his vision back. But he walked into that prophetic word. So the first thing it says in Romans 8, 20 today, for those that love God and according to his purposes. If you don't know Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity to know who your Savior is. We were created by God for God. And for those of you who don't know, I'm just going to have you uh, bow your head and close your eyes. God, right now, anything that's not of you, we bind and break its power and authority right now. God, we stand in front of your presence. God, we rattle loose the lies of the enemy. We break off every lie, every seed that's been deposited in our soil that's not of you. We break its power. And God, we ask right now, as you weed our garden of our mind, you restore our soul. You restore dreams, visions. God, we thank you, Lord, that sometimes the childlike faith of watching our kids restore something on the inside of us. So God, we ask for blessing and favor today. So if those are one of you that don't know Jesus and you want to know Jesus, I want to pray for you right now. And if you could just raise your hand, I want to pray for you. Thank you, young lady. Once you've raised your hand, thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, Lord. You could put your arm down once you've raised it. Thank you. Is there anybody else? Anybody else that wants to know who your Savior is? I'm just going to wait. Five more seconds. Just feel like there's one more. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For you two ladies, I'm going to do one more thing too. We're going to open up this altar. 
there's any of you that just feel like some dreams have been stolen, some doubts, maybe some fear needs to be broken, get some stuff restored in your life, I'm just asking you to stand to your feet and walk forward to this altar because I'm going to pray for you. This is where the altar happens. And th those two ladies that raise your hand, if you could please come up, I want to pray for you as well. Come on up. Let's just pray. This is where boldness happens. The altar is set up to alter our lives. This is where God restores, redeems, sets us free. What's your name, dude? You know the name. Stand right here. God, I thank you for these, these men and women. Thank you, Lord, right now. God, I thank you right now that you're doing something miraculous in this house. Lord, I thank you for the gifting on this man. I thank you for the talent. We break all condemnation right now. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you're the great restorer. That we can't run too far from you. God, I thank you right now for your healing power. God, we break every lie right now. God, restoring every dream right now that you've given us talents. Lord, and these talents are for your kingdom. These dreams are for your kingdom. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. For more life-changing messages, visit us online at c3noosa.org. If you've been blessed by this message, please consider partnering with us financially to see the work of God continue flourishing in and through C3 Church Noosa. God bless.